Would you open God's precious holy word to Psalm 66? An exhortation to praise. The background, it is generally agreed that the background of this psalm comes from Isaiah 36 and 37. Now to refresh your memories, this is the account where Sennacherib, the Assyrian king, has sent a massive army to invade Judah. And he has conquered all the fortified cities and has come to Jerusalem. He sends his chief assistant, Master Cupbearer or something, to bring a note, a letter to be read to Hezekiah. So Hezekiah sends a, an assistant. This guy begins to read the letter in Hebrew. He must have had a good voice because he's reading it in the hearing of all of those who were on the walls and around about. <clears throat> he was asked by one of the scribes, if you would, we understand the Arabic language. If you would, just give it to us in your language. He said, no, nah, we need everybody to hear this. So he practically orders Hezekiah, the king, to surrender. And then he explains to Hezekiah in, in no uncertain terms that bad things will happen if he doesn't surrender. And then he cries out and he appeals to the folks of Jerusalem. He says, you can be in your homes tonight. You can be digging in your gardens and sitting down for supper at your table tonight. If your king will just surrender, then he just went too far. He begins to explain to Hezekiah that it's foolish, number one, to depend on Egypt because Pharaoh had more or less become a vassal to Sennacherib. And then he said, you may say that you're going to trust in Yahweh, your God. Well, the gods of these nations, and he enumerates several nations, their God couldn't help them. And your God's not going to help you. And you've had struggles with your God recently anyway because of idolatry and so forth. So Yahweh is not going to come to your help. He's, he's as helpless and impotent as all of these other gods. So you're going to have to open up your city gates to the the great forces of Sennacherib. Hezekiah freaks out. Calls for Isaiah. Isaiah comes to him. And he lets Isaiah read the letter. And he tells him what all has been said. Isaiah prays. He comes back and Isaiah essentially says, Yahweh says, we got this. Don't worry about it. I'll send a spirit and a report will come that an army is attacking another place of his empire and they're struggling to survive against that army. And I'll take care of this army that's here. 
Hezekiah is emboldened. And so he essentially defies Sennacherib. Now understand that this vast army, as far as you could see, the Syrian troops are camped out at the major water supply of the city. So that was sort of a threat in itself. Hezekiah says, now he prayed this wonderful prayer. It's, it's in, I think, in Isaiah 37. It's a tremendous prayer from Hezekiah. And then Isaiah says, Yahweh has heard the prayer and will take care of us. That night, Yahweh sent an angel, one angel, 185,000 troops of the Assyrian army were slain, 185,000. Greatly crippled, having lost most of their numbers and now stricken with fear over the God of Israel. They begin to go back home. And they withdraw from Jerusalem and from Judah. Sennacherib goes back with a vastly weakened army. Struggles against rebellious nations. And while he is worshiping his God, when he goes back home, he gets into this idolatrous pagan temple. Worships his God while he's doing that. Two of his sons kill him. Put him to the sword. And another of his sons assumes the throne. This is how God delivered Israel. Now, it has generally through the centuries been agreed that this psalm is a psalm from Hezekiah. In response to what Yahweh did for Israel against this great power, Assyria. So this is an exhortation to praise. It has three parts to it. So let's look at it. First of all, the invitation to praise goes to all of the nations everywhere from Israel. For the conductor, a song of praise. Shout for joy to Elohim, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make glorious his praise. Say to Elohim, how awesome are your deeds. Through the greatness of your might, your enemies will admit their lies to you. All the earth will prostrate themselves to you and sing praises to you. And they will sing praises to your name, Selah. Now we know this is where the times of the nations will be headed. It's headed to the final time when the Gentiles are utterly defeated finally, the the times the Gentiles come to an end and, and the returning Christ in his second coming establishes absolute power over the nations. Israel always had this in their hearts, the great kingdom. They were a kingdom, a theocracy, which was to speak to the other nations of the final great kingdom of Yahweh, the God of Israel, that would be absolute. And Hezekiah is doing 
what Israel should have been doing all during their history, but they did not. Standing on the power of the God of Israel, Yahweh, they stood before the other nations and said, this God, our God, is God. We're all going to worship. So they, they extend this invitation globally. Go and see the deeds of Elohim. Awesome in his deeds toward mankind. Now at this time, they had something on record that had actually happened. Deliverance from Assyria. He turned the sea into dry land. They crossed the Red Sea. In the river they crossed by foot, they crossed the Jordan River. There we rejoiced with him, with his might. He rules the world. His eyes oversee the nations. The rebellious ones will not exalt themselves. Selah. So this is the global proclamation from Hezekiah, the king of Israel, coming out from the nation who is the chosen nation to the other nations, inviting them to join Israel in the proclamation of praise to the one and only true God, the great, high, mighty, El Elyon, the God, God most high, Yahweh, Elohim, God, Lord God of, of Israel. He has a miraculous defeat to back him up. Not just that. They also had their history, which people knew about. The, the mighty deeds of Yahweh when they came out of Egypt rang throughout the history of the nations in that time. And you will see it from time to time in the account of the Old Testament as it makes itself through. After the global invitation, he makes a national proclamation. Now he turns to Israel. Oh, peoples. Now, that, that Hebrew word speaks to everybody. It's not just an ethnic group. It's all the peoples. Bless our God. Bless our Elohim. And make the voice of his praise heard. This is an invitation for the rest of the peoples to come and join and be in with Israel in praise. Now that's where the, that's of course where, where the world is headed. Uh, you know, the, the earth shall be full of his knowledge and glory. So he, extend, he does what they should have been doing all along. He who kept our souls alive and did not let our foot falter. For you tested us, Elohim. You refined us as though refining silver. Now this deliverance in Hezekiah's day brings a, brings a revival. And it brings a, a, great, a great sigh of, of relief. And the nation has done for it what they could have never done for themselves. And this is... This is the gratitude of Hezekiah in behalf of Judah. You tested us, Elohim. You refined us as though refining silver. Brought us into a trap. Placed a chain on our loins. You caused man to ride at our head. 
We came in fire and water and you took us out. You didn't just take us out, but you took us out to rich abundance, to rich fulfillment. So he makes his appeal to the world in behalf of Yahweh, the God of Israel. And then he makes a proclamation to Israel to affirm what God has done for his people. And now he makes a personal affirmation. And this comes from Hezekiah himself. I shall come to your house with burnt offerings. I shall pay you my vows. Now we've seen how David did that many times. In a mess, outnumbered, nine to death. Destruction is just there. And the person makes a vow to God. And when God delivers that person, it is incumbent upon that person to pay that vow, to offer the burnt offerings. So that's what he says. I shall pay you my vows. Well, that tells us that he was making all kind of promises and vows uh, when he was faced with this massive Assyrian army. They were vastly outnumbered. My vows which my lips uttered and my mouth spoke in my distress. Burnt offerings of fat animals. How long do you think the worship went on from Hezekiah the king as an example to the people paying his vows and there's no telling how many animals were used when he recounted all of the vows that he had made and the things that he had said to Yahweh. Burnt offerings of fat animals I shall offer up to you with the burning of rams. I shall prepare cattle with he goats. Silah. Come hearken and I shall tell all you who fear Elohim what he did for my soul, what he did for me. My mouth called out to him and he was exalted under my tongue. How could he have known in crying out in his prayer that this prayer was actually an exaltation of Yahweh? It's a wonderful prayer and it indeed lifted Yahweh up. If I regard iniquity in my heart, Adonai, does not hear it. My master, Adonai, it's not Yahweh here, it's Adonai. My master, my owner doesn't hear it. But Elohim heard, great God. Elohim heard. He hearkened to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God who did not remove my prayer. And his kindness from me. God did not turn away from Hezekiah. That's an interesting statement. He did not remove my prayer. And he did not remove his kindness from Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a good king. He wasn't a perfect king. He faltered a couple of times. Of course, the Bible is quick to point that out. But instead of cowardice, 
and collapse. He stood in the strength of Yahweh. He listened to the prophet Isaiah. And he prayed and God delivered. He did not remove my prayer and his kindness from me. So this is a great psalm, a song, a psalm inspired into the heart, I believe, of Hezekiah because of this great thing God had done. It is one of the greatest miraculous deliverances Yahweh ever performed for his people. In this case, it was the southern kingdom of Judah. It could, it, it perhaps doesn't rank with, with coming across on dry land through the Red Sea, but it's not far from it. The Egyptians were coming. The Assyrians were already there. How David faced Goliath was in itself a miraculous deliverance. You could think of several times when Israel, or in this case Judah, at the brink of destruction, called upon Yahweh. There's an interesting thing to remember here. Later on, some, some decades later, this southern kingdom will fall to Babylon. They did not fall to Assyria, but they will fall to Babylon sometime later in their history. Now they had been sinful in both cases, but there's some things that are interesting to think about. The southern kingdom of Judah has been preserved even though the 10 northern tribes have been lost at that point in time. It was the policy of Assyria and they were very cruel, the Assyrians. They were very cruel. They struck fear and they meant to. They played this uh, psychological game to its perfection. They would take the children, women, men, of a village, they would always go where they knew they could win the battle and take the village and take the people alive and to begin to snip the joints of their fingers and their toes and their hand, and their elbows and their knees. Somewhere along the way, the person would die. Then they'd take the next person. You can imagine how afraid those people were as they brought one after another. But they always left a young man who could run well. They always left him alive and just let him escape. So that he could cry out the brutality and the invincibility of the Assyrians. They would carry the captured people away from their homeland. They would rob them of their culture take away their language, force the men to, to serve in the Assyrian army and force men and women from different nations and cultures to intermarry. Their policy was to rob a nation of itself so that 
the only allegiance they would know would be allegiance to Assyria. That was their way of, of carrying out their policy. King Hezekiah carries the promise of the Christ. Judah is the tribe of David and the son of David finally will be the king of kings. God will not permit this to happen, what Assyria did to their captives, to make them just be lost among the nations and tribes of the world. Fast forward some decades, many decades later, Babylon has a totally different policy. Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar believed that the best way to keep the captives calm was to bring them in by their nationality, let them continue to speak their language, let them continue with their culture, let them continue to worship their God, and he would take certain of the young people and he would teach them the language and the culture of the Babylonians so that there could be an understanding between the two cultures. And these, these captured nations generally were kept close by on the outside of the walls of Babylon. So the promise of the Christ would not be lost, you see, when finally punished for their sin and their blasphemies and their idolatry. God raised up Nebuchadnezzar and gave those people over, the southern kingdom over to Babylon. Then when the next kingdom comes in the course of the kingdoms as prophesied by Daniel, there was a king who issued a decree. And he said, you may go back and rebuild your city and rebuild your temple. So they were intact as a nation, as the Jews. It was actually, history says that they first were called Jews, those of the tribe of Judah. They were first called Jews in the time of Babylonian captivity. And so they had survived. The prophet said it would only be, what, 70 years. And then Zerubbabel and the others carried just a remnant, really, of people who went back to the land. But those land, those people would be the progenitors of the generations to come who would, by the time of Christ, have already reestablished their culture and even worship in a world-class temple in Jerusalem. So that the words of the prophet would ring true. He shall suddenly come into his temple. And he did. And then he left it. So we can see how in the sovereignty of God. The Lord is working in the nations. To purify his people. To bring them to where, he, where they need to be. Where they're supposed to be. Ultimately leading mankind. All the way to that kingdom the eternal kingdom that's yet to come. We'll stop there and let's pray. We'll be through for tonight. Father God in heaven, Lord, we marvel at your power, at your word, 
We're stricken, Lord, to our knees, even to our faces, and so thankful and grateful that you have called us into such a work as this, that you've made us part of your people, and that you have redeemed us through your only begotten Son and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to be like Hezekiah and proclaim the beauty and the truth and the adoration that we have for you to this world. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.